0: I think a devotional of the thoughts that I've had because I need to clarify Mark is supposed to be up here preaching because that's what I told you last week Uh, Mark we decided since I did not have surgery this week that I would take the pulpit and then he would fill in for me With if and when I do have surgery. So I don't think I lied to you. It's the doctor's fault All right, we're just gonna blame it on the doctors. All right Because that's a whole lot easier for me to stomach. So thanks for your prayers and uh We're going to wait and see what happens. Appreciate um, my last thing that's on my mind is I am forever indebted into Christine Greenlaw's uh, account because she let me use the scooter. (laughs) The dog has never had so much exercise as when the scooter came in. And so uh, the dog, just to let you know, cannot pull me on my scooter. All right. All right. We're going to make a transition and talk about Veterans Day. For those of you that served, uh, thank you does not seem to be enough. I am thankful for your service because we enjoy the freedoms that we have today because of your service yesterday. And so this morning I want to turn to John chapter 15 and look at a few words that Jesus said. If you, have, if you notice your notes in the bulletin, the scripture is there. I have three big ideas that I want to talk about from each verse. And I'm going to roll it into Veterans Day because this is a day that we are here to honor you. So I got rolling this week. And I thought, what do I say to veterans because I've never served? So I started thinking about all the things that I could possibly say. I'd like to take you to Arlington National Cemetery, one of the most sacred and, and, uh, if you will, holy places on our nation's grounds, the place that our fallen soldiers lay. Over 400,000 men and women are laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery. There are two presidents There are astronauts, and there are Supreme Court justices that are laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery. Has anybody ever been to Arlington? One of the most humbling scenes that you could ever ever go to. If you haven't been there, I would encourage you to go. Here's some other pictures. It's it's always encouraging, and it's humbling to see them put the flags in on the different days with the men and women with the, the proper shoe size. They have a bag pull the flags, they pull it out, and they put it into the ground. And one of the things I want to talk about with Arlington National Cemetery is probably the most iconic, if you will, monument in Arlington National Cemetery, and that is the tomb of the unknown soldier. I went there, and I didn't appreciate it. I wasn't disrespectful, but I didn't appreciate just how, if you will, sacred and and honorable the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is. It is located on a high ground at almost the perfect geographical center of the cemetery. It exemplifies valor and honor in remembering those who have died committing brave and selfless acts with no one to bear witness to them. So it's a fun fact because I really got into this when I went to Google and Wikipedia and found out some, if you will, facts about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. It has been guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week since 1937. Wow. 1937. Quick math, that's 82 years? 82 years. It has been guarded. It started... Why? And I asked the question, why? Why would they start? And I, don't, I, I, I asked these questions because I was ignorant. Why did it start? Well, it started because they put a guard there because it was such a beautiful picture of Washington, D.C. that people would sit on this monument, and they would have picnics. And so the people back in the 1930s they would go because it's an iconic way. I'm not saying it's right. You hear me on this? But they would sit there, and people would have picnics and sit on this grave, and it brought disrespect. And so what they did was they started a, a soldier that was there, and from that point on, they made sure that it was guarded through every type of wind, rain, or uh, natural things. So I asked the question, Why? what would it take to be a guard at the tomb of the unknown soldier. You have to apply for the position. You have to pass intense training. You have to pass a weapons test. There is the ceremonial steps. There is the cadence. And then there is the military side of it and uniform preparation. So it's not just something that you apply and then they take you. You've got to earn the right. You have to memorize 35 pages of the tomb's history. The guards change every 30 minutes during the summer, every hour during the winter, and every two hours while the cemetery is closed. So if you would go at four in the morning, there is a man or woman that is walking that path through every type of time. What an honor to the fallen men and women, to the veterans of our country. I ask the question, well, why? I have a lot of why questions. The more I look at this, the more I ask why. Well, what happened is the guard would place his rifle. And If you've ever seen this ceremony, they would do a, a certain cadence with their rifle. And the rifle is always facing, if you will, away from the tomb or close to the audience that watches. That's the symbol that the guard is there to protect this tomb of the unknown soldier. The green tent beside it, that's where they place the wreaths. And Frank has had the opportunity to go and place a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Sometime ask him about that. And it's a great honor that he had. What happens is, this, the I, then I said, is it true that? All right, so some of you, I, I asked the question, is some of this true? The tomb of the unknown soldiers, the guards live underneath the tomb. If you look on top of the marble, they have what I'm gonna call an apartment or some kind of quarters that while they're on shift, they can live in that tomb, underneath that tomb. But when they're off duty, then they can go home and have their own apartment. They're on twenty-four hour shifts, and they have. When they complete their shift, they go underneath. And while, what do they do while they're off duty? That was my question. According to the website I found, they take the time to repress their uniform. Do you know how long it takes for them to get their uniform ready? Eight hours. Eight. Up to eight hours, they groom themselves, they make sure their hair is perfectly in place, that it is perfectly pressed to make sure when they go out to their post, that they are in pristine and perfect condition. Could you imagine eight hours making sure that your uniform looks that way? This is not something that they do flippantly or without respect. It is a high, high honor for them. They have Um, certain haircuts that they have to meet the standard for. Their shoes are designed. I found this interesting. If you ever watched them, go home this afternoon, YouTube this, okay, because the clips of the changing of the guards about 20 minutes, and uh, their shoes are designed so that when they walk, the gun does not bob. Their gun never goes up and down. It's always at a straight line, and they have special shoes with special soles so that they are always at a perfect pace and a perfect height and a perfect walk. <coughs> it's uh, the second least awarded badge in the army. It's the second least of all the military. The first th- the most or how should I how the least common badge given is the astronaut badge. The second is the guard of the tomb of the unknown soldier. Interesting. Their average tour is 18 months. And here's the last thing that I thought about. Uh, They are held to a higher account. They are, if you will, they are the cream of the crop. And while they're on duty, they have a certain level. Also, what happens when they're done with their tour, they wear that badge on their uniform. At any time where they act in a way that is inappropriate or bring dishonor to the tomb, that patch is stripped away from them. And they lose that patch. So whether they are 18 and have a careless act or whether they're 81 and have a careless act, that badge can be taken away because of the guard of the tomb of the unknown soldier. Three women have held this post in the time since 1937. And my final thing is when they pass, everything's in 21. When they pass, they take 21 steps. They turn for 21 seconds. They turn, they walk for 21 paces. They turn for 21 seconds. They walk 21 seconds. Everything's in 21. I asked the question, why? Why 21? Because of the 21 gun salute. Everything is in tune with the military to bring honor, to bring respect for the brave men and women that have fought for our country. Did you know that this tomb is now empty? it's now a symbol. They found the remains. They, they were able to exhume the final remains of the final soldier that was pulled out. And through DNA testing, they have been able to find his identity and put him to rest. So th- while this tomb if you is empty, th- this symbolizes the number, hundreds of thousands of men and women that were left behind or left on the battlefield that we do not remember. Let, hey, let's not forget, we are here and have the freedoms we have today because of the men and women that fought yesterday. I'm not running for office. I'm just the pastor, and we need to remember our country because many of you have served, and we all enjoy the freedoms that we have. So with that in mind, we want to roll into John chapter 15 and think of the honor that we need to give Our veterans as we roll in through today and tomorrow and throughout the week and Veterans Day shouldn't be one day a week a month a year it should be every day we should always honor our veterans let's look at John chapter 15 as we think about this idea of Veterans Day the words are on the screen the verse on the screen there's three big blanks I have the first one is sacrifice when I think about veterans I think about sacrifice you have to sacrifice I've never been in the military I've never had to go and serve in the military, but it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice for you to leave what you know, the comforts of your home, if you will, maybe the hopes and dreams. If I think about the older generation, we still have some men in here that were drafted. And some of them weren't officially drafted, but they went in because they knew the draft was coming. So instead of being drafted and told where to go, they, they volunteered and got to pick where they went. That's not how my generation knows the military. We've never had to experience a draft. But there have been men and women that have had to go in, and they have had to sacrifice. Let's look at God's word. Jesus is speaking here to his disciples. It's in the the upper room. It's the final hours of Jesus' life before his crucifixion, the last things he says to his disciples. And the things he's going to say the last, they're, if you will, the most important because it's what he wants to get across. He says this. He says, this is my commandment. Notice he didn't say a suggestion. I wish he would have said a suggestion. But he says, this is my commandment. You have to do this. This is something that must be done, that you love one another. Not just like one another, but we have to love one another. You have to love me. I have to love you. Why? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. what he told us to do. He says that you love one another, and he sets the standard. What kind of love is that? Well, the love, he says, is I have loved you. Well, what kind of love did Jesus love us with? He loved us with a sacrificial love. He just didn't kind of sort of love us. He wasn't half in with a love. He was all in. He loved us with a sacrificial love, a love that took him to the cross. That's why you see crosses around the churches is to remember it's a visual representation of the love of Christ. So he says, hey, I want you to love each other and I want you to love you with a sacrificial love. And the whole, ver- the whole service for me and the whole passage rolls around verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than that he laid down his life for his friends. And I thought, what a great first to remember and honor our veterans by in a moment of vulnerability i would die for a lot of people i know i would certainly die for the ones that i love but that is a stretch to die for someone that i've never met and yet that is what our veterans do they have went and they have served and they have sacrificed to lay down their life for their friends you all fought the men that we stood and honored they fought you fought for the people in this room but you know who else you fought for the person in texas that you've never met the person in oklahoma you never met the person in alaska you never will meet you did that because you wanted to sacrifice and we sacrifice because jesus set the ultimate example let's look at the next verse second big word is obedience jesus says you are my friends i want to be a friend of jesus i want him to be my friend for sure He says, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. I've never been in the service, but I've heard stories. I've talked to men that have served. And when the sergeant or the the drill master, he tells you to do something, you better live in obedience. Because if you don't, then you will have consequences. Push-ups, sit-ups, running, maybe all of them, maybe none of them, maybe something else. But you live in obedience because you signed up And you put yourself under the orders of the army. We, if we love Christ and we do what he says, we need to follow him and live in obedience to what he says. And we want to live in obedience. Living in obedience means not living in sin. You have to do what Jesus says. We need to follow the orders of the general, but more importantly, we need to follow the orders of Christ. A third thing and final thing is the knowledge. All right, knowledge. So first of all, we have sacrifice. Second one, we have obedience. The third is knowledge. Again, I, I speak from someone that has heard stories, but when you go into the military, you do what you're told. You don't ask questions because that's not in your pay rank. And so what happens is as you grow, grow in the military, then you grow in the knowledge. You understand the big plans. You understand, if you will, the method behind the madness. The same thing is with Christ. Look at what he says. He says, no longer do I call you servants or slaves. Now, it's interesting. Your translation may say slave if you follow a different translation. It's on the screen. A slave is someone who was completely dependent on their heavenly or earthly master. Now, when, when Jesus spoke of this, he didn't have slavery in his mind like we have slavery back 150 years ago with the Civil War and slavery in the South. A slave was willing to put himself under the submission of his master. Why? Because the master always took care of the slave, because he treated him the way he wanted to be treated. He says, no longer do I call you servants because you don't understand. You don't have the knowledge. Here's what happens. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. You don't understand. A slave doesn't care or understand the plan of the master because the master hasn't told him. But Jesus has pulled his disciples in this upper room. and says, hey, listen, listen, come here. Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I say. And now you know, you understand the method behind the madness is because I'm telling you what's happened. Look at the rest of the verse. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friend. Why? For all things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. The servants did not know the plan of the master because they were not privy to the info. Friends have access to the master and understand the plans. And so as we think about this, as we celebrate Veterans Day, we think about the sacrifice. We think about the obedience of those men and women that served. We need to remember those that are currently serving as well. Thinking about Mariah who's overseas. I'm thinking about... The guys in the Maine Air National Guard to go once a month, the first Sunday of every month, they go out and they serve. There are still men and women that are currently overseas defending our freedoms. Turn on the news, you know what's happening. And we are still enjoying our freedoms because of their willingness to sacrifice, their willingness to live in obedience, and their knowledge to protect us from the evil people. So the question that we have for today on Veterans Day is we're here to honor you veterans. I hope that you have felt honored I hope that you have felt appreciated. And I hope it just isn't today and tomorrow. I hope it's all week. I hope it's all year. But the question I have is, how can you honor someone? How can you honor someone who has served? What I'm learning is, it's not the big things. It's the little things that count. It's the thank you. It's the card. It's the note. It's, and it's not on Veterans Day. It's on a random day of a random week on a random year. Thank you so much for serving. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Thank you for being willing to defend our freedoms so that my children, my girls, can enjoy living in a great nation. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for veterans. We thank you for their sacrifice. We're thankful for their obedience. We're thankful that they had the knowledge and were willing to continue to serve to protect our freedoms. And so, Lord, we want to pause. We thank you for our great nation. And we we want you to continue to bless our nation. But God, our hearts this morning is that America would start to bless you, that we would come back to the ways of your word, that we would live in obedience to your word because of the great love that you have given us. You loved us with an everlasting and sacrificial love. Help us to love one another with that love and help us to love you with a sacrificial love. Lord, that we would say wherever you go, wherever you call, that today would be the day, tomorrow would be the day, next week would be the day that we would be willing to go. I thank you for our veterans. I thank you for the ones currently serving overseas, currently those in training that are willing to take up the call for sacrifice, for obedience, and for knowledge. May you keep them safe. May you keep them out of harm's way and may you continue to bless our great nation, and may our great nation turn our hearts back to you. We thank you for these veterans. Put a hedge of protection around them mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and let them feel the love that we have for them, the respect we have for them, and the honor that we have for their service. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. We're going to sing one final song, so why don't you transition? and.